Hello everyone, I'm T.D. Worthington, pastor of the Pathway Baptist Church in Goldsboro, North Carolina. And this is Pathlight. We're so glad to have you tuned in to today's program, whether you're listening by way of radio, perhaps you're listening on Facebook or some other form of social media, maybe you're listening on the Pathlight podcast. Either way, we're glad to have you a part of today's program. In just a moment, I'm going to be sharing a message entitled Fat and Flourishing. And uh, our text is going to be in the book of Psalms, chapter number number 92. And it, we're speaking a little bit about growing older. Now, uh, this is uh, certainly a message that might uh, uh, might be a blessing to the elderly folks among our, our listeners today, but also well to all of us. Because if you're not elderly, you are very least growing older. And you also probably have some elder friends, maybe your parents or your grandparents, or maybe just some people you work with, some folks at church. And maybe this might help you understand them just a little bit better and some of the things they're facing in life. Fat and flourishing again, that's Psalm chapter 92 right now, The Kingdom Heirs. Till a new hope was offered 
Indeed, Jesus is the anchor of hope. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's Pathlight program. Did you know that Mickey Mouse is in his retirement years? You wouldn't know it just by looking at him. As a matter of fact, I look a lot older than I did the first time I saw Mickey Mouse, but he doesn't look a day older than he did when I was a kid. Yet today, Mickey Mouse is 94 years old. Not bad when the average mouse only lives for two years. How about you today? How are you looking? How are you feeling? And particularly if you're among the senior saints or the senior citizens of our community, are you fat and flourishing? The Bible says in Psalm 92, verses 13 and 14, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Again, that's Psalm chapter 92, verses 13 and 14 on today's Pathlight program. And again, if you're not growing old today, you certainly at the very least are growing older, and you do know folks who are growing older, and uh, perhaps you might apply this message to, uh, to their life. I heard the story of an elderly couple who came back from a wedding one afternoon, and being at the wedding, put the wife in somewhat of a romantic mood. And while sitting on their love seat, the elderly woman looked at her husband and said, remember when you used to kiss me every chance you got? Well, the old man leaned over and gave her a peck on the cheek. Uh, Then she said to her husband, remember when you used to hold my hand when we sat together? You were always holding my hand. Well, the old man reached over and gently placed his hand on hers. The elderly woman then snuggled up close to her husband and said, Do you remember when you used to nibble on my neck and send chills up and down my spine? Well, this time the old man got up and walked out of the room. As he's walking out, the wife was somewhat perplexed, says, Where are you going? The old man looked at her and replied, Well, if there's nibbling you won't, I need to go get my teeth. Well, Well, that certainly speaks of older folks, and many of us, it speaks to us today. You know, we live in a youth-oriented culture. Older people in our society are often looked upon as a burden to the young. The marketplace gives little attention to the elderly, and when it does, it seems to perpetuate the idea that aging, well, is just kind of a bad thing. It's an undesirable consequence of life. You're probably better off to to die young. Let's face it, what do you see advertised for the elderly on TV? You'd think that all we ever need in life is barrel insurance and denture cream and maybe some Depends undergarments. Even church ministry and outreach are often geared toward the young. Often churches have two worship services, but it's it's the older folks has got to change their stuff around usually and go to the early service, you know. 1985 was a milestone year in America. For the first time in the history of our nation, there were more people in our society, 65 years and older, than there were those who were 18 and younger. Two-thirds of all the people who've lived beyond 65 in the entire history of the world are alive today. Again, our text verse The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. That's Psalm 92. This time I'm reading verse 12 through 14. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in an old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. I read an interesting section of scripture the other day in Numbers chapter 8. Can I read it to you? Picking up in verse number 23 through 26. The Lord speaking to Moses here. And God said to Moses, 
This is it that belongeth unto the Levites. From twenty and five years old and upward they shall go in to wait upon the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. And from the age of fifty years they shall cease waiting upon the service thereof and shall serve no more. But shall minister with their brethren in the tabernacle of the congregation to keep the charge and to do no service. Thus shalt thou do unto the Levites touching their charge. I was astounded to read this. The Levites were the men from the priestly tribe, officially set apart by God for various ministry functions in the service of the Lord's temple or tabernacle. And, and, and God directed them to retire from full-time regular ministry at the age of 50. Now, as they got closer to their senior years, God had them turn away from their regular ministry duties and to turn those duties over to younger Levites. They could assist these younger ministers and were told to do so, but they themselves could not do the work of the ministry that they had formerly done. Essentially, this verse is saying to them, do your regular service up to a certain age. Now, for the Levites, it was 50. For Aaron the priest, it was considerably older. Uh, but, but the point is this. At some point in our ministries, now, now I'm not just referring to pastors and evangelists and missionaries and things like that. I'm referring to all of us because we all have a ministry. You may have a lay ministry in the church. You may have a secular job. That is your ministry. At some point in your ministry, you might need to turn that ministry role over to the next generation. I'm not referring to retiring from Christian service. That's not what he told the Levites to do. He didn't tell them to retire. He told them to modify their Christian service to something more adapted to their stamina and strength. Now, Moses led the children of Israel until he died at the age of 120. And that's certainly an exception to the rule. The point here is that our natural strength, our vigor, and health definitely matter when it comes to Christian service and will help us determine the when for our transition to a new fruit-bearing activity. I said a new fruit-bearing activity. I didn't say we're going to stop bearing fruit. I said we we're going to have a new and different fruit-bearing activity, perhaps as we grow older, better suited to our age, energy, and health. Notice something about King David. I'm reading in 2 Samuel 21, verses 15 through 17. Moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel. That's not unusual. And David, David went down and his servants with him and fought against the Philistines. And David waxed faint. And Ishbi Benob, which was one of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear weighed 300 shekels of brass in weight, he being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. But Abishai, the son of Zariah, secured him and smote the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swear unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the light of Israel. Here we have the aging King David. Remember, when he was young, he had no trouble at all slaying Goliath. Now he goes out to battle. He's old, and he's going out to battle uh, against the, another giant, Ishbi Benab, and he's unable to over come him. Now, look, it wasn't his youth that killed uh, that killed Goliath. We know that. It, it, it was his faith in God. It was the power of God. But in this particular case, God is teaching us a valuable lesson. Right now, due to David's age, he's becoming exhausted. Now, God could have stopped that, but he didn't. 
Others had to come to his rescue and save the once great soldier from being killed by this giant Philistine. Now David's men realized that they needed to step up and replace their elderly king on the battlefield. So they exhorted him to let them carry the burdens of battles from then on. They didn't say, David, go sit on the couch and, and get over there. They said, no, I, we don't want you to quench the light of Israel. You need to be the ruler. You need to be the king. We need you in Jerusalem. You are important to our nation. So lest you be killed, which would hurt the entire nation, why don't you let us do the battles from now on? Next, we're reminded of ministry of the older ladies in the church, Titus 2, 3 through 5. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Older ladies, you have a great ministry opportunity with the younger ladies in your circle of family and friends or perhaps people at church. The best teachers of the womanly, womanly virtues to the young women today are the older women who have learned important lessons over a lifetime. Our society is in desperate need of this. We're desperately in short supply of godly role models. Sad to say, even in many churches, there's a shortage of good role models. I've said many times, there's a difference in a male and a man. You want to teach young men, young boys, if you will, to be men, not just males. And there's a big difference in women and ladies. There's a lot of women out there, not a lot of ladies. And you elderly ladies need to teach these young women how to be ladies. Believe me, most of them don't know how. Now, they may not listen. They may not be willing to learn, but at least you can try there's much fruit to be born in your latter years by being a good example of faithfulness, loyalty, honesty, integrity, prayerfulness, and other aspects of a godly character. Even if it is in your latter years and you don't hold some official role in your church, you can still have a profound impact on others by the honorable example that you set for them. Believe me, young people need to see these kind of role models. An important key to all this is found in our text verse. The Bible says they shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in an old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. It says they will flourish in the courts of our God. They'll flourish in the church. Stay devoted to the house of God. Be there when the doors are open. This is good for young and old, but certainly as we grow older. And then you go from the church built up, energized spiritually, and flourishing in fruitful ministry opportunities even into your old age. I, I remind you this morning that Abraham and Sarah began their family when he was over 100 and she passed, was past 90. Now, here again, that's an exception to the rule. I understand that, but I'm simply saying that that older age, they became a blessing to all the nations of the earth. Joseph was a leader in his family until a ripe old age. Moses became leader of Israel when he was 80, continued to lead them until his death at 120. The apostle John wrote the book of Revelation when he was well into his 90s. In his late 50s, the apostle Paul was still making missionary trips. At the age of 53, Margaret Thatcher became Britain's first female prime minister. 
At the age of 64, Francis Chichester sailed alone around the world in a 53-foot yacht. At 65, Winston Churchill became the British Prime Minister, and thank God he did. And while he was in his 70s, he wrote his multi-volume work, The History of the British People. At the age of 72, Golda Meir became the Prime Minister of Israel. At the age of 75, Ed Delano, he was from California, bicycled 3,100 miles in 33 days to attend his 50th college reunion in Massachusetts. He averaged over 90 miles a day at the age of 75 on a bicycle. Colonel Harlan Sanders began Kentucky Fried Chicken when he was 66. George Burns won an Academy Award for his performance in the film The Sunshine Boys at the age of 80. On his 100th birthday... Ragtime pianist U.B. Blake said this. He said, if I had known I was going to live this long, I'd have taken better care of myself. Leviticus 19.32. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head. That refers to the gray-headed person. And honor the face of the old man and fear thy God. He says, I am the Lord. It says, thou shalt rise up before the hoary head. Now, that doesn't mean you got to stand up when an old person enters the room necessarily, but what it does mean is show them respect. Honor the face of the old man. We love antiques. Sometimes we pay very high prices for the old junk that grandma would have thrown away years ago. We love everything old except, except ourselves. We only like ourselves young. The late General Douglas MacArthur wrote something very profound about aging on his 75th birthday. Can I quote? In the central place of every heart, there is a recording chamber. So long as it receives messages of beauty, hope, cheer, and courage, so long are you young. But when the wires are all down and your heart is covered with the snows of pessimism and the ice of cynicism, then, and then only, have you grown old. Wow, profound words. In the secular world, when we reach retirement age, if we've at least got a little bit saved up, perhaps we can afford to take life easy. If we're financially able, we don't have to work anymore. We can enjoy life, travel around the world, take up new hobbies, or just sit on the porch in the rocking chair and Watch folks walk by. But where God is concerned, there is no retirement age. Christians are to run the race to the end. Anna and Caleb are two wonderful biblical examples. Older believers have entered into a new and wonderful phase of life with different opportunities. These years can be among the most fruitful of your life for Christ, if you will allow them to be so. Over the years, I've known many in their retirement, who have, at that point, they've retired from their secular jobs, perhaps throughout their life, they've been dedicated laymen in the church, they loved the Lord, wanted to serve the Lord, served as deacons or Sunday school teachers or whatever the case might be, and but they had a secular job during the week, but they wanted to do more for God. And now they've retired, and now they've determined they are going to do more for God. They're going to do more. Many have gone to the mission field. Many Christian doctors have retired and gone to the mission field as medical missionaries. Over the years, we've had several men work with us at the church 
that retired from their secular job and said, I've always wanted to serve God full time. Now I can do it. I've got my retirement income. I don't need, I said, you know, we can't afford to hire another full time person. Well, you don't need to. I'm already getting my retirement. All I need is just a little extra money to buy my gas to get to church or whatever the case might be. All I need is just a little bit. Just help me out a little bit. And now I can work full time for the Lord, something that, that, that I've always delighted and had thoughts in my mind that maybe might could be something I could do. Again, these years can be among the most fruitful in your life if God's leading you in that direction. He's leading you to bear fruit, I'll tell you that, in some capacity, even as you grow old. As you get older, you will arrive at the apex of life. You've arrived at the top of the mountain where you can breathe the rare atmosphere of a long life of experience and knowledge and honor. And not only that, but you'll have an excellent view that none of those below you have ever seen. Older folks today, you have seen things, witnessed things, gone through things, experienced things that young people have not gone through yet. Oh, they may one day. But you can help prepare them for that. And whether they go through things exactly as you did or not is irrelevant. The point is you can help them through life. You've got something to offer. You've got something to teach. You've crossed so many bridges. You've passed so many crossroads. You've come to so many forks in the road where you had to choose which way to go. But you see, you're still here, and you're still here for a reason. I've often said, you know, when you get saved, why don't God just go ahead and take you home? I mean, you're not going to get any more saved, right? You, you know, if, if I live another year, I'm not going to get any more saved than I am right now. Hopefully, though, during this next year, there are things I can learn and things I can do for the glory of God. So if you're still here... That means God has something for you to do or something for you to learn. It's one or the other. You're not going to get any more saved. Now, hopefully you'll become more conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, but that alone doesn't get you to heaven. I mean, I mean, salvation, the blood gets you to heaven. So you're here today because God has something for you to learn or something for you to do. You're here for a reason. Those wrinkles in your face are marks of distinction that show character traits and laugh lines and sometimes it shows the burdens that you've been through that God delivered you. Your tomorrows might be in short supply, but you can still dream the dreams of yesteryear and rejoice in the life you've lived and and live truly live the days that remain. The Lord told Moses to climb the mountain, and he said, when you climb the mountain, he says, I want you to climb up there, up, and I want you to be there. Be there. He said, I want you to be there. You, you know, I've often thought what that means. God said, when you, when you get there, be there. Be there. Wherever you are right now, be there. Extract every blessing you can from where you are right now. My friends, you have come through the hard knocks of experience, and you can teach others a few things about life. As a matter of fact, you can probably teach them a whole lot about life. Life has given you a wealth of knowledge that, that they're not going to be able to learn in books. And I don't care if, if, if they go to college for the next 30 years, they're, they're not going to learn it there either. I'm not against college. We operate a college. I'm just simply saying there's things in life that they can learn from you they'll never get out of a book. You've seen more changes, particularly in this generation, than in any generation before. You've seen more changes in your 
lifetime than any other generation has ever seen. Let's notice this promise here in Isaiah 46, verses 3 and 4. The Bible says, Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, which are born by me from the belly, which are carried from the womb. And even to your old age I am he. And even to the whore hairs, again, that refers to the gray hairs, will I carry you. I have made, and I will bear, even I will carry. God says, I will deliver you. I am he, God says. Your hair's turned gray. Now, some of us uh, try, try to fix it so it don't turn gray, but nevertheless, God says, in reality, in reality, perhaps under the color, your hair is, is gray. God says, but even until your old age, he says, I'll carry you. I will bear you up. I will carry you, and I will deliver you. That is a promise. That's a promise from God. God says, I will deliver. I will carry you. My young friend, if God grants you a long life, I remind you that one day you will grow old. My elderly friend, God has granted you perhaps a long life already, and one day you'll make it home. But until then, live courageously for the one who died for you on the cross. Don't throw your life away on the American dream of retirement, of sitting back and doing nothing. Don't settle for anything less than the joy of magnifying Christ in your latter years. You see, I want to be fat and flourishing. I'm already, I'm already fat, so I want to be flourishing. Fat and flourishing. That's what the Bible says in your old age. Psalm 92, 13 and 14. They shall bring forth fruit in an old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Those that serve in the courts of the Lord. Dedicate your life right now. You say, oh, I don't have much life to dedicate. I, I'm, I'm getting old. I don't have many good years left. Well, you dedicate those years, how many they be, be they few, be they many, to the glory and honor of Jesus Christ. I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. We've been talking about fat and flourishing, and it's referring to growing old, growing old as a Christian, being the kind of person God would have you to be in your final years on this earth or until we await the return of our Lord Jesus Christ, which actually might be the next thing on the timetable anyway. If these programs are a blessing to you, we'd enjoy hearing from you. By the way, if uh, if this message was a blessing to you, say, I'd like to hear it again, but it was on radio. No way I can do that. Yeah, you can. Check out the Go Mix Radio Facebook uh, page or the Pathway Christian Academy, a Christian Bible College Facebook. Also, you can check out the Path Light Podcast. It'll be there. It's called Fat and Flourishing. God bless you. Till next time, T.D. Worthington wishing God's best for you, that you might be fat and flourishing this coming week.